What we're doing every single day, we're either building a strong foundation or a weak foundation. We're not going to make a change. If you're like, it doesn't matter what they eat, it doesn't matter if they sleep, it doesn't matter if they have a million hours of screen time, it doesn't matter, they're just children. You are okaying a brittle foundation and your child's illness will suffer and they are going to fall apart. That's just a fact. Versus I'm feeding them good food, I'm dealing with a picky eating, I'm kicking them outside to be in the sunshine, I'm, I'm doing what I'm telling them to do because children don't listen what we say, but they do what they see us do. So you have to put your phone down. You have to be playing out in the sunshine. And as adults, we're like, don't tell me what to do. You cannot expect your children to do something you're not doing. I'm sorry, that's just not how it works. Anyway, so then, but if we start going, oh my gosh, what I'm teaching them every single day, this is how they're gonna end up for their wealth. It's gonna make a huge difference. If, you know, if you're not, if you don't see it that way, we're just fine to each their own and we all have our own journeys. You're gonna come to it a certain time and my hope is that we come to that determination sooner rather than later before they're super sick, before we reach the point of no return, before medications become the story. The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach, a journey of self-mastery. To cultivate our mind, body, spirit, financial literacy, and allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and entrepreneur, Musa Mikkel. Let's conquer. Welcome back to the Conqueror Approach. I appreciate you for tuning in. Today, I have Dr. Anna Maria Temple. She's a holistic pediatrician, a mother of three, specializing in children's wellness. Uh, her mission is to change kids' and families' lives through clinical work and education. She's also a best-selling author of The Rule of Five, A Parent's Guide in Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Thank you, doctor, for joining me today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. And I, I love the work that you do, and it's so enlightening to see a doctor take this kind of approach uh, in healthcare, especially with children, uh, and to see you really stepping into that as a, as a leader in the field is so beautiful to see. So I must thank you uh, for your time in doing that. Uh, and before we get into it, uh, well, at least ex I want to ask for people who might not understand what a holistic pediatrician means. What exactly is a holistic pediatrician, uh, pediatrician and what inspired you to take that approach in medicine? Yeah, no, it's so confusing. Even if, you know, people that go, I know what holistic means. A lot of people think, oh, holistic pediatrician means that you don't use any medications. That's actually what that means. Holistic means that we're looking at the whole child or the whole person. So if somebody comes in and they're like, oh my gosh, I have eczema. The, a lot of the traditional model teaches us, oh, well, it's a skin issue. A holistic doctor is going to be like, well, the skin doesn't live independent of the other organs. The skin is telling us that the, a lot of organs are being affected and we have to dig deep into the human body to figure out why the body has eczema. We're not just going to put a steroid cream on top of it. Another way of looking at it is, you know, if we, whenever we look um, at a plant that is wilting, you look at the plant and you're like, oh my gosh. It needs sunshine, water, it needs nutrients, it needs uh, fresh soil, it needs love and tender care. It needs, right? You go through all that. 
you don't look at a wilting plant and you go, well, it looks like it has a diagnosis of depression, diagnosis of psoriasis, diagnosis. You don't go with diagnosis. The humankind, that is what we're doing these days. If somebody's unwell, what's your diagnosis? What's, what do you have? What is the thing you have? And a lot of times for kids with eczema, asthma, ADHD, constipation, recurrent ear infections, they're like wilting plants. And my job as a holistic pediatrician is like, do they get enough sunshine? Do they have enough water? Do they have enough nutrients? Are they loved enough? What is their community like? What is their environment like? So we're looking not just at the brain for ADHD. We're looking at a whole person, family, community to see where the root cause is and why this child is manifesting this problem, which if we would have do, done this when we used to do this a long time ago, when Hippocrates was around, However, in the 1800s, when we had industrializations and we had a lot of sick people that were very sick from acute things, acute means I have an ear infection, I have tuberculosis, I'm dying from smallpox, and I need a medication right now to save my life. And so that's how modern medicine got discovered and how it, it said, oh my gosh, we found penicillin. We're going to do an antibiotic and we're going to take care of the problem. And then, and we took care of all these acute problems. And all of a sudden we've developed all these chronic diseases and we're still using the same mentality and the same approach to chronic disease as acute medicine. So we're like diabetes, need a medication. Well, diabetes is a long-term issue. It's a chronic illness. Why is that happening? What's going on there? Let's look at the root cause. And so, you know, an ear infection is like bacteria. Then. Diabetes is a very complicated kind of a situation, and we have continued using our acute care model to chronic disease. And basically, that's why we're in a pickle that we are in today, and people have, are taking more medications than ever before. They're sicker than ever before. The hospital, you know, we were looking, I was reading an article about, um, there was a pandemic, Asian flu, when you could say Asian flu. Asian flu, it was in 1960s, and they looked at, you know, people were as sick as they were getting with COVID-19, but the hospital, the hospitals weren't burned. They did, they had plenty of room. They had plenty of beds because people weren't sick. So they weren't, you know, one of the biggest things that we heard in our pandemic today was like, oh my gosh, we got to take the burden off the medical care system, which is true because there's, there's not enough hospital beds. The reason there are not enough hospital beds is not because the hospital is not big enough is because there are too many sick people before COVID came. And then when COVID came, there were only like three beds left, which I'm exaggerating of course. But anyway, so that's kind of really holistic. That's a really long answer to what holistic means, but to kind of give you an idea of um, really how medicine for some of us has evolved and why now we, we're going like old school. We're like, well, the current system's not working. We gotta do something different. Um, no, I, I appreciate that because that that's the that's the background that helps people understand that you can't treat a chronic disease with a temporary solution. Like you said, it's a long term issue. A temporary medication might help in that moment, that short period. However, getting to the root cause root cause is so important. And that's kind of what inspired me getting into the nutrition field. And I just it's so awesome to see doctors looking at it from a bigger point of view, uh, like yourself. Uh, and is, is something uh, like eczema you mentioned, is that something you see a lot more in children now? Oh my gosh, the numbers are shocking. 
you know, in the 1970s, it was one in 15 kids had eczema. We're now at one in five. And in some populations is one in two. And I mean, it's like you, you cannot, I don't know that if you look in your tribe that you know families that have not experienced eczema. It's everywhere. And it's downplayed because it's thought of as it's a skin thing. I'm just going to put a cream on it. If it was considered, no, this is the harbinger of something bad coming down your path. People would be like, oh my gosh, we have eczema. Holy cow, we got to do something about it. But we downplay it a lot until it doesn't go away, until it spreads from head to toe, until it moves to asthma, until it moves to asthma and seasonal allergies, until you develop a peanut allergy, until you have ADHD and then you have anxiety. And you're like, oh snap, I should have paid attention to the eczema that was at the beginning because the body was already telling me what's coming down the pike, but I wasn't listening because no one told me that it's deeper than a skin issue. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's so crucial when it comes to children because their minds are still developing in that, that consciousness. So once you tell them, oh, you have eczema, it's just a skin issue. I feel like they adopt that label and they just settle with it. I'm like, oh, I have eczema and this is how it's going to be. This is no, this is my life. I'm, I'm one of the five or one of the two that have it. And they just, it's something, it's not, that's, I feel is an issue with most chronic diseases nowadays. It's just something like, oh, I have high blood pressure. I have, you know, all these issues that can be worked on if we're looking at it through a holistic lens, seeing what the root cause is. And, you know, when it, when it comes to children, the education piece is so important and the parents, right? Cause the eczema is not just a skin issue, right? A lot, a lot of doctors say it's gut, it's a gut issue or, you know, I, there's probably more to it. I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, however, what, what do you, how do you go about educating the parents in this process that this can be overcome with a holistic approach? Well, that's really hard because I have parents that already are aware that the the issues are deeper. Then I have the folks that are like, this is going to be so inconvenient for me that I am not opening my mind to this possibility. And I have a closed mind. You know this when I, so I, I went to traditional medical school and then my kids, when I was in practice at five years at that point, my kids were two, four, and six, and they were plagued by seasonal allergies chronic eczema, asthma, seasonal allergies, recurrent ear infection, recurrent croup infections, constipation, snot like you've never seen before, and ADHD. And I didn't know. I had no idea what I could possibly do. And when I took them to the kid's pediatrician one day when they were all on antibiotics, and I was like, uh, so uh, we're on antibiotics again. And uh, when I travel, I travel with so many drugs this can't be normal. Like it cannot be normal that my two, four and six year olds require a suitcase of meds to travel on a vacation because they might die from their asthma or they might scratch to bleeding from their eczema. This cannot be normal. And, you know, when I went to the, their pediatrician, it was like, oh, well, the little one there's, and I quote, no more meds we can give him because he was already on five medications. And the only next option is allergy shots. He was two years old. You know, for my daughter, they're like, well, for her asthma, the protocol says, you know, that you just do daily inhalers. We'll keep her asthma under control. And we're going to do daily topical steroids. We'll keep her eczema under control. She keeps taking her Zyrtec. 
and will keep her allergies under control, which will keep her asthma and eczema under control. And she'll outgrow the seasonal allergies and the recurring croup. And, uh, you know, as for the snotty middle one, they're like, okay, he's just disgusting. And I was like, I, and he just needs more antibiotics. And I'm like, oh, and you know, they might've said something about his ADHD. I don't even know because I stopped paying attention at that point. And then I walked out of that office and I was like, this can't be the answer that my kid's story is chronic meds. I didn't know what to do. So I have a lot of compassion for my parents that come in and they're like, I don't know what to do. And I, and my partners didn't know what to do. They just said more meds. Right. And the next that my mama side, because then when the mama warrior takes over, I mean, it's on like nobody stands in the way of a mama warrior. And I was like, there's gotta be an answer that I don't know about. I need to open my mind. And the next week I went to my children's school and in that 7.30 Tuesday morning, the fog lifted and I had a clear vision of my children's issues. All the lady talked about was sugar. And I looked at what she was saying and I thought about my children's diet and I was like, oh, well, I thought I was feeding them well as a pediatrician, pediatrician. And because they had a fruit at lunch and they had a vegetable at dinner. And therefore, I was like, hey, we're doing really good. And then I realized how much, based on what she said, how much sugar I was feeding my kids. So I went home that night at 7.30 on that Tuesday and I threw out the Lucky Charms, the Pop-Tarts, toaster strudels, chicken nuggets, mac and cheese, uh, juice boxes, chocolate milk from lunches. I mean, you name a garbage. Because here's the thing, there's no such thing as, as junk food. There's junk. And then there's food. And I was feeding my kids junk because I didn't know. And it was easy and it was convenient. And I had a full-time job and my husband was a full-time surgeon and I had three kids and they were running to a thousand activities. I mean, I can go on anyway. So I was like that night, I was like, no more. Like, this is no more. Uh, we're going to remove the garbage and we're going to introduce fruits and vegetables at every meal. That's when I became an outcast in my family Amongst my friends, my family pretty much tried to disown me. You know, they were like, this is so weird. My partners in clinic were like, we don't know what they could talk about. And I was like, it cannot be wrong to get rid of garbage and give kids more fruits and vegetables. And over the next five years, because the mama warrior don't give up and I have persistence and perseverance, it's really annoying, highly annoying. And I, uh, you know, over the next five years, my kids came, they didn't need any more antibiotics, they stopped needing steroids. They came off allergy meds, came off eczema medications, came off asthma meds. My little guy never ended up on seasonal allergy shots. And that was really the thing. When they said he needs allergy shots at the age of two, that's when I was like, absolutely under no circumstances is that happening to my child. Um, anyway, but he never needed those. My ADHD kid never ended up on medication. And, you know, in 2016, we moved to New Zealand. We had no health insurance, no medications, no doctors. And my kids climbed the highest mountains, bungee jumped off the tallest bridges and had no problems. We didn't even so much use a Tylenol. And when I was there, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what it's like to come back from chronic disease. I am going to treat my patients differently. Now, over time, I started giving different advice to my families and the, um, so things were changed. But in New Zealand, there's no malpractice. There's no Google reviews. There's no patient satisfaction scores. You just practice medicine. And I went to 
clinic. And when people came in and they said, I have chronic headaches, chronic belly pain or eczema, I said, there are no medications I can give you. We're going to have to dig into the root cause and we're going to have to work on your sleep. We're going to have to take out Netflix. We're going to start eat bre eating breakfast. We're going to have to remove garbage you know, out of your diet, et cetera, et cetera. And some of my patients were like, let's do this. And I have a lot of people that didn't want to do it. And I said, I'm sorry, when the pain gets bad enough, you will change and then you can come back and see me. And 90% of my patients changed. And, but it's, it wasn't easy because it's not easy. It's really hard. And because the, our environment across the world is that illness just happens. It's just genetic. There's nothing that we can do about it. People feel helpless. They don't feel empowered. They feel lost and confused. And when some person, you know, even though I'm a doctor, I come in and I'm like, oh, uh, it's gut health. And it has to do with your fast food and the soda you're drinking. And they're like, oh, I'm going to need to see some medical evidence. And thankfully now I have a ton of medical evidence to show people, but it's hard. The humanity does not want to change. Our human drive is to stay the same. And we will fight for the same, even though we have blood pressure issues, eczema issues, our kids are falling apart, our families are falling. We are like, we are not making a change because the, you know, the unknown is really scary. Current situation, awful, but the unknown is really scary. And so we have this need to stay the same. So there's a lot of people that are like, nope, eczema can be a gut issue. You know, blood pressure can be fixed with lifestyle, blah, blah. And, you know, fill in the gap, which becomes really frustrating. So to answer your question, again, in a really long-winded way, is that everyone has to have their aha moment and it has to do with mindset. When you have the mindset that whatever you're dealing with can be treated differently, whatever that is, amazing thing happens happens when you're like, nope, this is the only thing that I can do. This is, even though you're getting horrible results, I can't help. And so I see the folks that come in and they're like, we're ready to do something different. And we're like, let's do this. And then we make great changes. That I can't agree with you more. And it's your, your story is an example of that because you had an open mind at a certain point, you tried everything and your kids were on drugs and you eventually opened your mind and that's, that's so important to just go into anything, especially your personal health or health of your kids from an open perspective. Cause some things you just look at the results. It wasn't working. The results were not working. Uh, and, and just thank you for sharing that. I wanted to ask because you mentioned such a great point. It, it surprised me. I even thought about it yesterday where. I was at a restaurant and the kids menu, which is like almost every restaurant I've been in, the kids menu is atrocious when it comes to a healthcare perspective, right? It's, it's the chicken nuggets, the chicken tenders, the mac and cheese, all the things that they shouldn't eat because they're not getting the nutrients from it. And it just, it's like a societal issue where what kids are expect, like kid food is like chicken nuggets. That's what kids food is. <laughs> And it's just, it surprises me because that is like the complete opposite from my belief of what they should be eating. And it's just crazy. How do you, do you have a, a plan when it comes to rewiring someone's diet for their children? If they are eating the Pop-Tarts, the Lucky Charms and 
things that you know kids eat right the sugary stuff and the, the addicting junk how do you make them realize that is probably one of the major issues in their gut and leading to eczema and things like that well you know i think that what you said was great that society has labeled kid food it wasn't apparent it was society it was a food industry that has labeled kid food as the acceptable food for a healthy happy kid not by doctors this is by society so children think that kid food is the pop tarts and the chicken nuggets which has been reinforced a thousand times in children's menus like you said and then the parents when you say no they shouldn't eat that they're like oh we're going to deprive our children of a happy childhood and i'm like you know in france they don't have this <laughs> you know in japan they also don't have any of this there's no kids menus in any other countries in the world except the us and i think canada like that's just not accepted but so they have happy healthy kids in other countries where they don't eat this garbage but because we're so brainwashed you know it's really hard. you're like oh, I, over and over we're going to deprive our children i'm like of what of chronic disease great you know like and people the other thing that people don't know is like but kids are look at my kids they're healthy what if i told you one in three kids has a chronic disease as of 2021 one in three that means if you have three kids one of them is going down and you're like you look at them and you go nah that's not true okay wait a year because it's we're talking over their lifespan so just because they're good today doesn't mean that this is going to last um you know we saw the pandemic rolling through and all the amount of anxiety panic depression stomach issues that have come into children they're like oh that came out of nowhere no, that has been simmering all along until an instigating event like a pandemic took them out. Basically, sick adults, sick teenagers come from children who are silently suffering. But we don't know. When you have eczema, you can see the suffering on the skin. And you're like, aha, there's a problem. Let me focus. Let me deal with it. When they are just playing around and they look totally fine, you got, mm, they're just constipated because they've always just pooed every six days. They're fine. The body's telling you they're not fine. But again, we are not triggered to know that's an issue. But the child goes around playing around, maybe poops every few times, maybe has a little rash here and there, maybe some season, nothing really exciting. And then all of a sudden, boom, ADHD in third grade. And you're like, oh, that just happened. That didn't just happen. Or my 40-year-old man who has a heart attack. Oh, genetically, my dad had heart attack at 40, therefore I'm going to have heart attack. Genetics are not 100% predictive. The genetics tell us we need to be careful. In somebody that has, so in somebody, a mom that has eczema has a 40% chance of giving the eczema gene to the child. It's not 100%. So if the child develops eczema, what else in that environment has caused that gene to flare up and cause problems? If the dad or the dad, the man with a heart attack, what is in his environment has caused that gene to manifest itself and for him to have a heart attack at 40? We have to believe that illness, chronic illness in our teenagers and our adults comes from illness that is silently brewing in our children. So every day we sit at the table, we make a choice, healthy future or sick future. So when you eat Lucky Charms and your kid is totally fine, you're still dictating they're going to have a sick future. I'm sorry, but 10,000 ingredients that are approved by the FDA in our children's 
never been trialed in animal studies or human studies, but they're deemed safe because they got grandfathered in, my favorite. So some arbitrary person somewhere in a business suit behind a desk signed a form and said, yeah, this looks safe, let's send it. And now we have unicorn pancakes, you know, and we have, I think, pink mac and cheese. I'm like, this doesn't even exist in nature. Anyway, so, but until we understand that what we're doing every single day, we're either building a strong foundation or a weak foundation, we're not going to make a change. If you're like, it doesn't matter what they eat, it doesn't matter if they sleep, it doesn't matter if they have a million hours of screen time, it doesn't matter, they're your children. You are okaying a brittle foundation and your child's illness will suffer and they are going to fall apart. That's just a fact. Versus I'm feeding them good food, I'm dealing with a picky eating, I'm monitoring screen time. Exhausting, by the way. Three kids. Did I mention that? Exhausting the screen time. I'm kicking them outside to be in the sunshine. I'm I'm doing what I'm telling them to do because children don't listen what we say, but they do what they see us do. So you have you have to put your phone down. You have to be playing out in the sunshine. And as adults, we're like, don't tell me what to do. You cannot expect your children to do something you're not doing. I'm sorry, that's just how it works. Anyway, so then. But if we start going, oh my gosh, what I'm teaching them every single day, this is how they're going to end up for their wellness. It's going to make a huge difference. If you know, if you're not, if you don't see it that way, we're just fine to each their own, and we all have our own journeys. You're going to come to it at a certain time, and my hope is that we come to that determination sooner rather than later, before they're super sick, before we reach the point of no return, before medications become the story. I love that. And I love that because I, I talked to Dr. B about the 10,000 plus chemicals that were generally recognized as safe. And it just, it blows my mind. And then the medication piece, which you mentioned earlier, the antibiotics that we just keep giving people and whenever they have symptoms, how much that destroys the gut, right? Because it's killing the good stuff too. And then that leads to more gut issues, which just leads to more things. And it just, uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> it it really does infuriate me at, at a point because kids don't know better. Then, then, no. Yeah. And you know what? The parents don't know better. So, you know, here's an example. Like if a parent goes to the pediatrician and or the doc, family doctor, whatever, or urgent care, and the child has an ear infection and the doctor could say two things. One is like, here's some antibiotics. And the parent says, oh my gosh, thank goodness, there's a ear infection. I guess you need antibiotics for a ear infection. Thank you so much. All our merry way. Second option. Hey, listen, 80% of ear infections get better without antibiotics. Here's a few natural approaches to reduce that. We could totally use antibiotics if you wish, but we want to use it in the last resort if we need to, because the side effect of antibiotics are eczema, asthma, seasonal allergies, ADHD, anxiety, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, diabetes, cancer. You'll be like, wait, what? Hold on. But, but I don't really want that. I don't really want that. But no one says when you take this antibiotic, this puts you at risk for the following things. When you take Tylenol, it puts you at risk for eczema. Parents don't know that. Babies cry. Babies seem like they have teething issues. What do we give them? We give them Tylenol. Mm. without anyone saying the more doses of Tylenol, 
the higher the risk of them developing eczema. That's such a great point. And I also noticed that doctors always have a lot of people to see. So it's also a challenge for you, right? For To take that time to educate because that takes a little more conversation. That takes more educating. People might understand that Tylenol can cause those things. And, you know, but it, it takes that education piece, which is, I'm grateful that you take the time to do that. Because I well, know a lot know, of doctors but, don't have the time to do yeah, that. So. Yeah, and that's a really great point. You know, the name of, the meaning of doctor in Latin is actually teacher. And as teachers, we were robbed of our time with our patients by the hospital system and by all the bureaucracy and the insurance companies. It's not the doctor's fault. Everyone, you know, goes, I'm the doctor. And I'm like, I worked in a medical system where you sat in a meeting and they're like, you're, you're taking too long with your patients. If you don't speed up, you're gonna get penalized. The people that are gonna get awarded is the people with money are the people that are gonna see more patients. And we expect you to see patients every 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes. That's by the time you say, hi, hello, how are you? How is your dog doing? That's 10 minutes. And you, the doctors do not have the time and shame on the hospital system, shame on insurance and the bureaucracy because it upsets me because I do think it sounds like a lot of times I'm doctor bashing and I'm not. I am upset by a system that has trapped us in a place where we can't do what we were taught to do, which is teach and empower, inspire, and educate our families. You cannot do that in a 10-minute appointment. Not possible. Absolutely. And that brings me to the other stuff that you do, because the book and then the courses, I want to touch up on both of those, because I am a true believer in self-education. And you might not have the time to talk to each parent. However, you wrote a book. Can you tell us a little bit about the rule of five and, and a brief overview of what you put into that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The, um, you know, it's a book that's been 14 years in the making. Well, actually, you know, my daughter is about to be 20. So I guess 20 years in the making. <laughs> um, and the reason I, did, I wrote the book is just exactly for the things you said. How can somebody get started? What if I'm feeding my kids all this stuff? How do I even begin? Because it's so overwhelming. And then the kids are going to whine. My spouse is going to whine. They're going to threaten to kick me out of the house. And what I do is I give you very practical, very teeny tiny small steps because nobody climbs Mount Everest in two leaps. You have to take the first step. No one runs a marathon without practice. you got to start with the first step. you got to begin the training. And the book is basically your first steps towards wellness. Now, for my people that are already, you know, your audience that's already educated, they know stuff. They, my, the folks that have bought my book that are well-educated, like, oh my gosh, but I didn't know about this. And I didn't know about that. Because what I did is I created it with stories of my family of how we, I fed them, you know, Lucky Charms and how they ate goldfish and how my teenagers refused to brush their teeth and why we fought over plastic in the microwave, you know, all things that go, go on in every household to show them that, yes, this is what life is, but we can overcome that. And then I give you reasons why I'm such a strong believer. If you know why you shouldn't put plastic in the microwave, you're going to stop. If you know why, you shouldn't have food that has monosodium glutamate in it and how that affects your children, you're going to be less likely to go to fast food. Maybe not ever, but you're going to reduce. 
And then you're able to actually have a discussion with your children. This is why we're doing this. And then I give you small steps. This is how we're going to reduce fast food. This is how we're going to reduce sugar. Your, hate, your kids hate vegetables? No problem. This is how we're going to introduce vegetables. Your kids don't eat breakfast? Great. This is how we're going to start eating breakfast. And, you know, your kids hate going outside? Let's think about why that is. And so I tackle the five pillars of wellness, which are nutrition, sleep, stress, movement, and environmental toxins. And it you can, doesn't matter what your family is going through, it is the building block for the next steps. It is the foundation. I look at it as, you know, no, it doesn't go, it's not an eczema book, it's not an ADHD book. But if you have any of those symptoms and you read the book and you apply those things, whatever you have is going to get better. Maybe not 100%, but it's gonna, you're gonna be well on your way. I can't tell you how many families are like, oh my gosh, I'm reading the book and I'm already seeing great progress in ADHD or an eczema or, oh my gosh, my kid's pooping better, I'm sleeping better, I've decreased my stress. I'm like, that's the foundation. And we have to work on the foundation before we reach for the supplement. Cause that's the other thing that people think oh, your holistic doctor, what supplements do you give? Mm, not supplements. It is totally in our lifestyle. And we don't reach for supplements until we are working on the foundation because supplements are the new trendy word. And if you just take vitamin D, but continue eating fast food, the vitamin D is now your medication. You just switch the word from medications to supplement. Supplement is truly something used temporary while you fix the underlying issue and your body can do the rest of the work and those supplements go away. We as a humanity do not have a supplement deficiency. We do not need supplements to live our life. We need the foundation, the five pillars that I was talking about. And I was hoping my goal is that that book gets in everybody's hands. It's an easy read. It's bullet points. So a parent with four kids with a full-time job can pick up the book and read a chapter in literally five minutes and get something really great out of it and then put the book down and then do it again in a couple of days, get a highlighter, take a note, and now you've changed. You're just a little bit better today than you were yesterday. And with each little step, great things are going to happen. I love it. And it's, I believe it's so important for people to just take that responsibility role and not just depend on the doctor who has five to 10 minutes with you. you ha we have to take that responsibility to take ownership of the health that we are creating, the environment that we're creating. Uh, and that also led, because I did see you have some great courses, which are things that people aren't taught in school, <laughs> right? Like the prenatal stuff. Like you, you have a lot. Could you tell us a little bit about the courses because that's not a part of everyone's conversation. It's not part of education system. However, I believe it's incredibly important and I'm glad you offer those things. Yeah, you know, that's what I actually, what I noticed um, that people, the, my parents wanna be the CEOs of their children's wellness. They want to be the heroes of the story. Wonderful. And I'm giving them the tools so they could be well-educated and empowered and inspired to be the heroes of the story. I, the programs are specifically made so you can go in a stepwise approach for the eczema transformation. You figure out in the modules, you figure out exactly why it happened because my parents really want to know why did this happen to their children? And everyone walks away is like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what happened and why. And it's very empowering that it's just like, oh, it just fell out of the sky and you had no control over it. Because then it teaches you what to do next time with your next pregnancy so you don't have to deal with eczema again. And then I go in a very specific stepwise approach to healing the gut, 
And when we heal the gut with appropriate steps, it can be willy-nilly, then we see the eczema heal, we have and are able to eat most foods without any problem. There are some food eliminations, there are gonna be some supplements, but they all have to be done a very specific way. There's so much information out there. You can Google all day long, hours and hours and hours, and get a little of this and a little of that. But until you have a plan, that's what I would say probably the greatest feedback we get is like, I love the plan. I had a plan. I went down the steps and my child's skin got better. I may have done most of these things, but I never did it in a stepwise approach. And when I put them in the steps, I saw much better results. And that, so that's our eczema transformation. And we're have so, I mean, the amount of testimonials and videos and pick people are posting on Instagram is just like, it makes the day. And, you know, because a lot of them say, I went to the allergist and I was told I'm going to deal with this eczema forever. And within a couple of months of your course, no more eczema. I went to my allergist and they said, well, we're going to be friends for a long time because this is not going to go anytime soon. And then I went six months later and they were black, like they were mind blown of my child's skin. But how did the eczema resolve? And it's, it's so, it's so fun. I want to be in those appointments. Anyway, um, and then we, now we've taken a step further. You know, we're, we're doing treatment for eczema, but what if, what if we just never have to treat chronic disease? What if prevention was the better option? You know, I think preventing chronic disease is more economical, it's more rewarding, it's less stressful, more empowering. Why do we, our children have to be sick before we realize we need to do something different? And I cannot watch, you know, I've watched my children suffer, I've watched my sister suffer. I cannot bear to watch all these babies suffer and struggle and all this parental anxiety. So what we did is right now, we've created a prenatal course where we begin talking to our mamas and our parents from beginning when the baby is cooking in the belly. So many things have to happen in the right order for that baby to come out without chronic disease or, you know, a risk of developing chronic disease. So that is where we're going. And then we're moving on to all the baby, but we're going to start prenatally because you can't just start when the baby's born. The story begins before they are born. And I want to get like my information out so the mamas are well prepared as that baby's cooking. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for the work you do because that really is a life-changing opportunity for people to really step into parenting on a bigger scale and not just be reactive and just be proactive before the baby's born and just prevent these things that don't need to, we don't need to suffer. There's suffering that happens and then there's suffering that we create and we don't need that one. We don't need that kind of, it's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to end by uh, asking you the best place to reach out to you. I'll link your information, your website, your book, everything in the show notes. However, if someone wants to reach out and, and, and just, I don't know, thank you or continue the conversation, Where's the best place for them to reach you? Um, I'm very active on Instagram and it's D-R-A-N-A Maria Temple. And that's where you'll get tons of free education. Um, we, I do videos. I do, I, you show, you, you see behind the scenes of my family. Do I do what I preach? You know, what does that look like? And, uh, but anyway, so Instagram is probably the place where I hang out the most. And obviously I have a website that's, 
drananamaria.com. And on there, you have link to the courses, link to the book, link to Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube. Right now, I'm trying to get my YouTube channel going. So I'm mm -hmm. uh, playing with YouTube shorts. Huge learning curve, can we say? <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to get out the information as easily as possible so people have a way to just raise healthier kids in this unhealthy world. Absolutely. I love it. And now, everyone, please check her out on Instagram. So much free, helpful tips. Your YouTube channel, I did look at it. You have some great content on there, and I'm, I'm sure more great stuff is going to come out. Free content, right? So education is important. <laughs> uh, and then if you want to take it a step further, please uh, invest in your health and in your child's health uh, with the courses that Dr. Anna created. So I want to thank you so much. The best gift someone can give is their authentic self and their time. And you've done that here uh, in your busy life, I know, and I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. This is such a great chat. I really enjoyed being on the show. Thank you. That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people, have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.